the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Healthcare Now, paid for by Integrated Physician Network. This program is recorded to air at this time. Welcome to Healthcare Now with your hosts, Larry Jones and Dr. Mark Shayat. Want to become an educated healthcare consumer? Then join our discussion about all things healthcare and understand how to navigate our complex U.S. healthcare system. Now, let's join our hosts in the Healthcare Now studios. Welcome to Healthcare Now. This is Dr. Mark. I'm here with Larry Jones, and we are in for another treat. Good afternoon or evening now. Good evening, Dr. Mark. Great to be with you again. I think Absolutely. we got a good show today. I hope so. I hope yep. so. Now, the last week just kind of flew flew by. That was, uh, it was. That really was. Yep. It was a yep. lot, lot of good conversation. Uh, we're going to chat a little bit about the most utilized doctors yes. in the system. And so the, the ones that literally ha- are seeing the most patients, right? Right. And, and so the the, the in demand group, and, and I think a couple of them will be surprised to our listeners. Yeah, some of them are obvious, yeah, right? I yeah, mean, some of them, when we talk yeah. for the top two, family medicine and internal medicine, your primary care doctor, right? So That's you know, right. if, if there are there are a lot of people that, well, there are lots and lots of people who don't interact with a physician or caregiver right. at all in That's the course right. of a year. Yeah. So well, then, if you're in an HMO, right. a health maintenance organization, is a good chance or about a 100% chance you have a primary care physician at least assigned to you. At least assigned, right? That's right. So That's then right. you we'd have to look at the percentage of people who see nobody. That's right. And then the next group would be the ones that go to their annual visit, which we tout a great deal. So yes. that's exactly who we're talking about here, right. the family right. medicine and right. internal medicine. Right. And then you go to the, the next group, it starts to get a little wider. Well, it does. But, you know, before we jump off the PCP group, the mm-hmm. primary care group, again, you've got plans that are called open access yep. and also plans that are called PPO plans, right, which they do not require to. you to go to a primary care to see a specialist. Right. You can just go directly yeah. to the specialist. Exactly. Yeah. And those are more common now. I mean, they are much, the yeah. open access is very common. Yeah. Yep. So that was a result when HMOs came up in the eighties, right? Yep. So the HMOs had the gatekeeper model where they'd say, you know, you can't go see anybody because the, the concern at that time was well the reason yep. healthcare is so expensive yep. is all these specialists and that gatekeeper name got old in a hurry. It got a really old in a hurry because <laughs> right. the gatekeepers that's didn't right. want to be gatekeepers. That's right. The and the, the patients, the patients didn't, didn't want, want to see them. That's right. And it it, it really just caused a delay in, of yep. care in the system. And not only that, Doctor Mark, the gatekeeper model drove much legislation later on after the early eighties. Right. I think HMOs came into effect around nineteen eighty four. Right, right. But then it drove a lot of legislation because the referral was taking too long for the yeah. primary care doctor to do it, delaying care for patients. Right, but th- yeah. but the 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 story out there mm-hmm. was this was going to save money. Exactly, and that's not where the money's being spent. That's that's eleven percent right. of the budget. That's right. Is going to these groups. That's right. And so that was just sort of the manipulation by mm-hmm. by healthcare executives yep. to say. You know, we, well, you know, if we point over this way, nobody's going to notice yeah. what the insurance costs are. And I think it was uh, the system grabbing at straws how to get a, sure. a hold on right. health care costs. And all they yeah. ever, all anybody ever talks about is that 
evaluation of benefits they get that shows their doctor, right? right? right. And so they they assign anything anything that gets charged, that's yeah. what they're kind of coming back to. Right. So that, so with the gatekeeper model, pretty much it's yeah. I mean, it's still around a little bit. Well, a little bit. And, and I'll tell you, you know, uh, our listeners are probably thinking we're talking a lot of commercial. Mm-hmm. But really, when you're talking Medicare, yeah. if you're Those in a Medicare HMOs. Advantage HMO, you have a primary care doctor. Right. If you're straight Medicare with a supplement, hopefully you have a primary care doctor, but it's not required. Right. But in that first situation, like a PPO. in the first situation, yeah. it's back to exactly what we said. You That's can't right. go see a cardiologist nope. without that referral. Particularly in a Medicare Advantage plan. Yeah. That's right. So so when I think about it, I, I mean, I, I get the idea when we're looking at that just very small piece of the puzzle yep. that, that you might want to not have people just going willy-nilly to see specialists they don't need to see. Right. But on the other hand, it's, that's not where the big money is. Well, what's interesting, too, and we're getting into the little bit on the insurance side, but in the primary care HMO side for Medicare Advantage, mm-hmm. already half of Medicare beneficiaries in America are in those plans now wow. yeah, requiring they, they really, a primary care doctor. So we're kind of going back to the 80s. Yeah. And it, it yeah. didn't work then. Do you think it's going to work now? Well, considering the Medicare trust fund is – going to be insolvent by 2028 now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they got to do something. Yeah, no, it's, it's a, it definitely, yeah. definitely is the idea of, you know, I, I do absolutely believe that the insurance companies know exactly how to make and save money. There's no, no doubt, in, yep, no doubt do. in my mind, but this doesn't seem to be the place that it's really going to happen. It, it does yep. change how things are done. It does change right. the process. But having it actually saving money for them, I, yeah. I don't Well, I'm whether it's it. Medicare Advantage or a private insurance company, which both of them are private insurance companies, I think what the the senior the C suite of these plans hope for is that by utilizing family practice or internal medicine, right. they can provide more services without referring them out to a specialist. Yeah, that's they, where the cost savings do. in their concept. They they do, yeah. and and the, yeah. I think the problem with comes into play is liability. And so you've got these yes. primary care doctors who are very capable and they know how to do, but yep. there's certain things they don't want to do. Spoken by a true physician, liability. Dr. Mark. Yeah, right. So, <laughs> so they're not looking at that piece. That's right. And at the end of the day, the third, the third one on the list uh-huh. is kind of the opposite of all these. Yes. Cause it's emergency medicine. Yeah. And that doesn't shock me that it's highly in demand because the emergency rooms are every are time you go to an ER. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people would say that your primary care physicians include the emergency physicians. You know, if they say, you know, like, well, who's your you primary, primary care doc? Gee, I don't know. But yeah. that, then yeah. it's the ER. But I know who the guy saw me in the ER. Exactly. Yeah. And <laughs> Dr. Ch- Smith. Yeah. Change changes every time. But, That's but, exactly I, but right. I see them about once a month. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So but they do. They, they look at frequent flyers to the emergency rooms. Mm-hmm and out seeing yep. their emergency room physicians yep. way more than the general public yep. sees their docs. And considering there are 12 billion ER visits in America, Dr. Mark, right. I would think emergency physician might be number one. Right, And and the, yeah. the HMO plan or the gatekeeper plan yep. does not affect this part. Right. And that That's is, right. that is where right. there's a lot of money being thrown around. Exactly. So the next group is the, is psychiatry. And, and I don't know, you know, these this is this surprising is to me a, a little bit, yeah. except when I talk about, you know, we've had discussions about mental health many times. And if this is obviously a current article here, yes. and I w- I'm not surprised that currently that, that yeah. takes a lot. Now, now the psychiatrists, they're also the ones that are going to be able, be able to use, mm-hmm. you know, medications, as opposed to the psychologist, right, 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 and so uh, it goes back to what I said a minute about 
a minute ago about liability. Mm-hmm. You can go see your primary care doc if you have anxiety or you have depression. Right. You right. might get a prescription. And they'll put you on something. They'll put you on yeah, something. That's right. Some, some will, some won't. That's but right. they usually have a go-to. And then that next step, they're, again, worried about liability or missing yep. something, yep. not doc- yep. documenting you know, up to snuff. And that's when the referral yeah. comes out. And, you know, Dr. Mark, during the pandemic, as you know, over the last couple of years, mental health has come forward and oh, right yeah, in front, front page, of front health, page, front page yep. healthcare yep. every day. Yep. And I think, what was it, 80% of telehealth calls are now mental health mental calls. Health calls. Yep. Mm-hmm. And again, those aren't necessarily psychiatrists. Right. But, but uh, why don't industry. you talk about that a little bit? Well, I mean, even if they're not psychiatrists, there's often a psychiatrist in the mix. Or that, psychologists, that might, maybe. Yeah, well, we got yep. psychiatrists, psychologists, yep. uh, social, social workers. Work, and yep. so they may be working on their own. They mm-hmm. might also be working in a practice. Right. And so the practice billing right. might right. show up as psychiatry. Right. 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 So that that's a piece of it. Okay. Next on the list is another group that some do consider primary care and, yes. and is uh, OBGYN. Yeah. Most yeah. Uh, practices in our commercial accountable care organizations yep. include OBGYN right. as a primary care. Which makes great sense. Yep. It makes great sense. And I know that is, again, very practice oriented. Mm-hmm. So different OBGYN organizations either yep. tout that yep. that's the way, yep. you know, that, that they expect to, to work things or it's not, but that is, that is pretty, pretty common. And there are some big groups in Orlando too. In, uh, in Florida. Yeah. yeah. yeah and yeah. not only in the hospital systems, but there are a lot of independent OBGYNs around today. Well, there's, there's big private equity money in, in the yep. OBGYN. And right. so I think, you know, they ran into uh, the, an early, issue with malpractice insurance. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of them ran to the hospitals to get coverage, right? Right, right. And, and that didn't necessarily work out that well. That was called sovereign immunity back in the early yeah. 2000s. Well, um, so, well some yeah. of them were sovereign immunity. Some mm-hmm. of them were just the hospitals. I mean, the sovereign immunity is really just sort of for the government for side. The, for the malpractice right? yeah. piece. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but what, what I'm saying is they, they still get malpractice insurance. They don't have sovereign immunity. It's just that the hospital's paying for it. I got it. Or the hospital does self-insurance on, okay. on that product. Right. So so sovereign immunity is a very specific thing. Like if you work for the state or the VA. or it's a maximum or, of $200,000 you can be sued. And, and there's, yeah. well. In Florida. Yeah, 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 I think it's two fifty, but it, yeah. it's it. But that's not that doesn't have anything to do with sovereign immunity, right? So sovereign immunity, there are certain ways that oh, we talked about Grace Medical last week. Yeah. So there are very mm-hmm. specific things about that practice that mm-hmm. allow them to qualify for sovereign immunity. Okay. And it's so there was a bill that was because passed they were just a in the last ten years. C3, right? Well, no, no, that, that didn't, didn't do, it. do it. No, because then everybody'd be a five hundred one three. I mean, oh, that's true. I mean, Advent Health, yeah. Orlando Health, that's they're true. all they're that's all true. Yeah. So, yeah. so that doesn't have anything to do with, with sovereign okay. immunity. It's a okay. very very specific thing, and and this the what allows them to do it. They could explain much better than I could, but that, right. it was a it was a fairly recent law that was mm-hmm. passed in the state of Florida. Okay. Now, if you work for uh, the university medical group. At, whether it's FSU, University of Florida, right, UCF, you right. have sovereign immunity Correct. connected to the state, right, right? right? And then there's a there's something similar if you work at the VA, mm-hmm. you know the the VA, yep. same thing. Yeah, but yep. and we used to they always say, well, you can't sue the VA. You absolutely can sue the VA. Sure you can, can sue anybody you want. That's right. It just depends on. But there where are limits on what you can get yeah, collected. Yeah, it's, That's it's right. not it's not open market. That's right. That's right. Yeah, these next ones on the list are these were surprising me, like nephrology, radiology anesthesiology. I mean, I guess I just didn't think yeah. those numbers would be great. Yeah. Maybe anesthesiology, There, there's really, other than OBGYN, there's no surgery specialties yeah. on this list. I saw that. But yeah. but I guess 
if you think about all the surgery specialties needing anesthesiology, yep, yep. maybe that's what brings their numbers well, up. Neurology is a big one, though. I mean, that well, uh, yeah, stroke care, yeah. Uh, memory care. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't I, – I don't know if I would have come up with the top ten on that. Well, but in fact, nationally, I, I would have surprised as well, but not in Florida when you've got one of four people over age 65. Right, right. So there's – I could see where neurology yeah. would be big in Florida. True, true. Radiology, I guess that's huge anywhere. Yeah, I mean, I imaging think there's just cost, imaging out of numbers. control yeah. in this country. Right. So everybody, yeah. everybody gets yeah. imaging, and again, a lot right. of that's right. linked to right. liability issues as well. Um, and then we've got pediatrics, but, but, which is also primary care. Right, that one, I, you know, I thought that'd be like on the very top. I would think right there with OBGYN. Right, because because yeah. uh, you know people will yeah. take their kids to the doctor before they take themselves to the doctor, and so that's yeah. uh, that's uh, well, you know, you know in our uh, ACOs, Doctor Mark, not only we've mentioned OBGYN is right. also primary care, so is pediatrics. Of course, of course, yeah, yeah, yep. yep. no, and that is that wow. that really has a lot to do with you know how they do billing yep. and and whatnot. And the last one. Mm-hmm is cardiology. And yeah. what we're going to talk about in the next section, we're going to talk about high blood pressure. Right. Uh, we are not cardiologists. That's right. Um, I, and we did not stay at a Holiday Inn Express last night, so we're not going <laughs> to over-expert, you know, run on that. But yeah, cardiologist is, is common. And I think, again, yeah. with adults, if they're going to have an issue just out of the, out of the yeah. you know, the common issues, mm-hmm. cardiology does cover a lot of that. Yes. And I can tell you a lot of my friends and colleagues and whatnot, they'll see their cardiologist rather than seeing primary care right, at times, right. which isn't the right way to go well, either. What's the but, first but, thing you do when you go into your primary care office to take your blood pressure? Right. Yeah, they're going to check your blood pressure <laughs> right. and ask you those questions. Okay. So, so we'll talk more about yeah. that when we get back. And we're going to have a good discussion on blood pressure when we come back, Dr. Mark. You're listening to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. Our website is behindhealthcarenow.com. That's behindhealthcarenow.com. You're listening to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. We're going to a break, and when we come back, we'll continue our discussion on all things healthcare with Dr. Mark and Larry. The Integrated Independent Physicians Network, preserving and protecting the independent practice of medicine since 2015. Join the movement with us, ipnetworkflorida.com. Navigate the healthcare process like never before. Due to popular demand, Healthcare Now is also airing on Thursday evenings at 7 p.m. Join me, Larry Jones, and Dr. Mark on Healthcare Now, Thursdays at 7 p.m. and Saturdays at 1. AM 950, FM 94.9, The Answer, and at TheAnswerOrlando.com. Take The Answer with you wherever you go. TheAnswerOrlando.com. Tune in, iHeart, and Odyssey.com. News, opinion, passion on the go. AM 950, FM 94.9, The Answer. Welcome back to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. And now let's head back into the Healthcare Now studios with Dr. Mark and Larry. Welcome back. You got Dr. Mark here. You got Larry across the table from me, and we're going to talk about blood pressure. You know, I was thinking, you know, I've got my Apple Watch here. Um, I don't want to pitch Apple, but, you know, while we're doing this, I could, like, take my, check do your my, blood little, pressure? my little, well, no, not my blood pressure, the EKG. The EK. Oh, okay. Yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's all kind of remote stuff out there today. There is. But, you yeah. know, before we get into blood pressure, Dr. Mark, I get that you were a little disappointed that surgery wasn't on that top 10. No, and, I don't know. But yeah, I think it yeah. should have been. Well, I mean, I think it's just a again. It's a when whenever we yeah. pull these articles and whatnot, it's usually the wow factor that it they is. come out yeah. with, right? So you have to figure out like, yeah. well, what are they looking at? And and really, the 
the title of this thing was the most the ones in most the most used. demand. That's right, demand. in demand. And so, and to me, I mean that that means a lot of different things. But let me but ask it you was this: just a numbers How game. could anesthesiology be on be on there without surgery? Yeah, well, I, I'd say because the, cause the <laughs> they anesthesiologist put you to sleep, wake you up. But the surgeons are divided into all their specialties. True, right? If it was that, surgery at it, large, then it would. If it, you know, orthopedic, and, and you're and right. If you threw all yep. that, so I think they're they're the common thread, right. That brings all those things that together. Makes sense. Yep. yep. So, all right. So yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about high blood pressure. And again, as I said in the last segment, I'm not a cardiologist. Yep. I'm not a nephrologist, yep. and that's and I'm not a primary care physician. That's right. And those are the three physician groups that typically deal with with high blood pressure, right? And it's interesting, Dr. Mark, the two most common chronic illnesses in America are diabetes and hypertension, which is the legal name for high blood pressure. The the legal name, the formal name. The the medical name, I guess, the medical name. Right, right. And it's interesting that half of adults in America have blood, are on high blood pressure meds. Half of them, right? right. One and two. And you know those, and those are re, those are related diseases in a lot of ways. I mean, because a lot of folks that have diabetes are going to have high blood pressure. Yep, yep. And I think you know it's so incredibly common; it does get wrapped up into a lot of a lot of different pieces, different it parts. And we're gonna we're gonna try and lay a lot of this out as we go through this today, Doctor Mark. But go through a couple of the key findings, and then I can join you there. So, nearly one out of two adults in the U.S. Mm-hmm have hypertension, treated or not. So we're looking at, you know, nearly 120 million people, wow. that high, adults that have a high, high blood pressure. Yeah, by their stock. Yeah, right. No, <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. We, we'll talk a little bit about medications, yeah. but there are so many medications. Yep. And let me tell you, this is big business. Pharma is always trying to make the next thing yep. for all meds. And there are a but, lot of generics have entered into the hypertension absolutely, world. Absolutely, absolutely. Which are, you don't make any money on. You don't make any money That's on, right. and a lot of the physicians who, who know a lot about this are mm-hmm. are going to tell you, yeah, you don't need that one. Right. You need right. this this generic. Yeah. It's, it's going it's to You know be, it's be cheap right if Publix gives it away for years and Walmart gives it away for $4. Exactly. For free, exactly. Publix. Yep, yep, yep. 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 But, uh, that, not hey, anymore, though. Is July, that, that July? Tomorrow. Tomorrow? It uh, ends. Okay, tomorrow, yeah. it, yeah. All, it all ends tomorrow. So if you need to refill, do it today. <laughs> yep, exactly, exactly. That's right. And see, so one in every five adults with hypertension are recommended lifestyle modifications. Interesting. Like that's one of the things. So, wow. so the first thing may or may not be that, oh, we're going to start you on a med. So they're going to talk about different things you can do in your diet and in your activity. Okay, that so can, those that are the improve. lifestyle modifications, right. diet and exercise probably. Yeah, and it's going to all yeah. link to how severe – this is going if it's a new okay. finding. Yep. Um, if there are any symptoms, because the real killer aspect, mm-hmm. literally killer aspect of hypertension, right. is the fact that it's asymptomatic. Like right. you walk around, you right. don't know you have. And if it does create issues such as headache, yep. uh, or or you know that you can actually feel yep. something's going on, it's bad. And when, I mean, once that, we get through some dangerous. of the key findings, we're going to get into that a little more in detail, Doctor mm-hmm. Mark. Okay, well, I'm bored with the key findings. Yeah. You you're, you're, you're have to pick up on them there. Uh, so we've got most adults with hypertension are recommended some type of medication. Yep. And so you've got you've got one in five that are going to do modifications in their lifestyle, maybe in their diet, and then you know almost three times yeah. that many are actually going to be on meds. Right. And they don't necessarily have it under good control with either and, of those things. And that's interesting. You know, if we're looking at nearly 120 million adults that are diagnosed with hypertension and by the way let's talk about that what does that mean you have a blood pressure of higher than 140 over 90 
right? Which those is new, are the numbers. Which is a newish number, right? It was it used to be one thirty over eighty. One thirty over eighty. That's right. That's and, right. And it looked like using that number, we were over treating a lot of people. Correct. And so the the real you sure question, you're not a cardiologist, Doctor Martin? No, nah, you know, but but I, I I know a few cardiologists, and we talk about this. And the the real indicator is not the blood pressure number; it's the result of what having yes. a high blood pressure. Because yes. you know what, a lot of people when do you when do you take your blood pressure? I mean, when first you, thing in the morning. Okay, well, so so yeah. you're taking it at home, so you're yeah. in that that one percent, very not mild many, pill. Yeah. yeah. So no, no, yeah. no. I don't mean the meds. Yeah. I mean. When 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 your blood pressure is taken, so m- yeah. normally people go to the doctor, yeah. or you know if they donate blood, they take your blood pressure. I well, probably take my blood pressure every three or four months. Yep, yeah. well, it's I'll, not. I mean, a lot of people don't take it at all. Right? That's true. And That's so true. Yeah. so the the circumstance in which you would have your blood pressure taken, you might mm-hmm. not be at your normal relaxed state. That's right. You know they right. they had what's the the term white coat hypertension? Have you heard that yep, one? I have heard. So that. people yep. who go into their doctor's office and they have that they were having the 130 over 80 or now the 140 mm-hmm. over 90 mm-hmm. that and but then if they went to Publix and sat down to the machines there and uh, took their blood pressure it was normal right so do they need medication so this became a real issue because yeah. the, the 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 real thing is is what's it doing well, so I think a bigger issue is how is it that three-fourths of these 120 million people are considered not necessarily under control with their high blood pressure. Well, because, again, it goes back. Well, it it has no symptoms. Like, okay, let's say um, you're being treated for migraines. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we're going to medication for migraines. Well, if you're not taking your medication and you get migraines, you're going to seek other help, you know, and and try to figure it all out. Well, with blood pressure, you don't know what's there. So you go, let's go in. This is the most common thing. You go in, you see your doctor Mm -hmm. and the doctor gives you the diagnosis and it's going to write you for a pill. You go and you're going to fill it and you're either going to find out that it's more expensive than you want it to be. Or if it's not, you're going to take it and you're going to forget to take it or you're going to take it and there's a side effect. So then you don't even check your blood pressure again for another six months or a year. Right. And so your blood pressure is not under control because yeah. you're not taking the yeah. med. Let me tell you a personal story, Doctor Mark. You know how I found is it about out blood pressure. It I is need to, okay. Good, it is good. about I, blood I, pressure. I didn't know if we were going to go right no, off. No, off no, we will okay, We'll, we'll keep the other stuff. To okay, ourselves. okay, fair enough. You know how I found out about blood pressure in 2000? No. I went to give blood. Yep. And my blood pressure was out of the range that they would allow me to give blood. Interesting. Yep. And I had to sit there for a while very calm before my blood pressure got to the level where it needed to be. Right. And then I gave blood. Yep. And the very next day I went to see a cardiologist. Interesting. Yeah. So, so, so in that, I in had that no case, symptoms. Right. No, no, no one yeah. does. Yeah. I mean, yeah. when, if they show up in the emergency room with a stroke, you then know, you which know. as a result, yeah. right. but, but yeah, you have, you have no symptoms. Right. Right. So that's, right. that's really the big thing. That's why I mean, I'm not at all surprised that people there's the meds are, the meds are available. Um, most right. of them don't have a lot of side effects, and they're very inexpensive. And right, there's a lot of generics right. out right. there to be inexpensive. Yeah. But with all those things being said, the fact is, I mean, it, it's almost like if if I told you you had a disease, mm-hmm. but you had no no symptoms, no symptoms yeah. there's no way to measure that disease. Yeah. I mean, what are you going to do, do I, about well, it? Well, yeah. yeah, I mean, you're, you know, I I can't call you. And but, ask you know, you're we, taking a med well, and, you don't and, believe in. And most of our care gaps that we deal with our right. uh, both ACE commercial and Medicare mm-hmm. uh, value-based programs, one of the big things is uh, managing blood pressure. Sure. And the way that we manage it, as you indicated earlier, 
if their blood pressure is under 140 over 90 and they're on a med, they consider that controlled. Correct. Correct. Yeah, okay. that makes sense. Yeah. Or yeah. or if it's just normal, you know, and, and yeah. they don't have they don't, you don't have an need issue. To, don't, that's right. Yep. But they do they do need more follow up. Mm-hmm. And there are lots of ways, you know, there are blood blood pressure cuffs that you can use at home mm-hmm. that, that are pretty darn accurate now. Um, and so that, you know, that's always kind of yeah. a, a, a good yeah. piece. Yeah. And then there's, but there's so many meds out there. I mean, I think that's, that's part of the problem. Yeah, it uh, is. The, you know, that, that, that it, it gets yeah. people confused. Well, you know, we, we've talked about kind of primary hypertension, but there's a secondary hypertension category, Dr. Mark, where there are a lot of underlying conditions that can also cause blood pressure problems. Right. Way more rare. Yeah. And way, you want to go through some of those? Well, I think we'll probably do that when we come back from a break, but okay. I can say that they're really rare. Okay. Considering, yeah. And so I think a lot of folks, um, that's another, that's another part why people aren't compliant. They go in and Good they get point. that diagnosis yep. Yep. that you've got hypertension yep. and we need to find out why. Right. Now, typically when it's one of these more rare things, they present with a more impressive number. Right. right. But right. kind of kind of going back to why people don't take medications right. when we get back. I also want to talk about the results of high blood pressure, which yes. are probably more important yes. than the actual number. And that some you of measure. the risk factors, too. Yeah. Great. Yeah. No, OK, d- definitely. We can yeah. we, you know, we can we can kind of jump into that because back in we, we talked about the number. Mm-hmm. And I think I started to talk about this. We got sidetracked back in the the day when all you had was that measurement right. we didn't know what it was doing what about high blood pressure other than risk of stroke right what about it is dangerous and it's the, the question is is how hard are you making your heart work right good point so yep. is there a measurement yep. that tells us that your heart is working too hard and there is okay so echocardiogram which is an ultrasound of the heart okay they can look at muscle thickness in a, a particular area of the heart And we know that if someone has hypertension, chronic hypertension, that is actually causing a problem, we're going to see it because that muscle is overworked. And Mm -hmm. just like, you know, you're lifting weights, uh, it's too big. So that that septum of the heart is Well, you're kind of getting into something. As a physician, Dr. Mark, explain to our listeners what diastolic and systolic means. So the diastolic number and the systolic numbers are those yeah. are the two numbers That's we talked about. That's that 140 over 90. So, so right, you got your right. 140 over over 90. The yep. diastolic is the 90. Okay. And the systolic is the 140. So okay. systole is mm-hmm. when the heart contracts, right? So think of the think of the pump. So the pump is now pushing okay. the blood into the system. Right. So that's so so we're measuring this in an artery, right? Uh, right. An artery okay. in your arm, yep. your wrist. So the the in systole, that's the high pressure zone. Okay. Okay. That's when the heart is at its full squeeze. Okay. The diastolic occurs when the heart relaxes. So that's kind of your baseline pressure. So if you think of this, you know, we're we're basically uh, set up with with plumbing here, and so when the when the pump so it's is kind of off, between beats. It's it's at the relaxation, okay. right? Yeah. yeah exactly. Okay. So, okay. So so the the re, at the relaxation, your pressure is going to be at its lowest. So as it turns out. A lot of folks were going to tell you that if that lower number is is the is the bigger problem, right? Because the higher number is kind of an activity. If your heart's strong enough and it's it's not working, but if it doesn't get a chance to recover, okay. then it's that diastolic. So you I might. Mean, I've, your, your heard, I've, I've heard a lot of people 180, 200 on that top number. Well, I mean that's that's a problem. That's a I problem. Mean, that's, that's a yep. problem because then you start looking at stroke risk, okay. right? So okay. so and and if you think about the the pipes now. If if you take uh, a young athlete and you measure their blood pressure 
while they're doing something really strenuous, mm-hmm. you're going to get some pretty crazy numbers. Just okay. like, you know, when we used to swim when we take our, our, our pulse, you know, right. the pulse would right. be running, you know, 190. Right. Well, 190 at a resting pulse would be very abnormal, and right. it would be too much for your heart to maintain. Whereas you. in part of that exercise stuff, you know, that's a whole different story. But we'll talk a little bit more right. about this when we get back. Great conversation, Dr. Mark. We'll be right back. Do you feel better now? We hope you do. Join us again next week for Healthcare Now. For a podcast of this program, go to TheAnswerOrlando.com. The Integrated Independent Physicians Network, preserving and protecting the independent practice of medicine since 2015. Join the movement with us, IPNetworkFlorida.com. Navigate the healthcare process like never before. Due to popular demand, Healthcare Now is also airing on Thursday evenings at 7 p.m. Join me, Larry Jones, and Dr. Mark on Healthcare Now, Thursdays at 7 p.m. and Saturdays at 1. AM 950, FM 94.9, The Answer, and at TheAnswerOrlando.com. Take The Answer with you wherever you go. TheAnswerOrlando.com. Tune in, iHeart, and Odyssey.com. News, opinion, passion on the go. AM 950, FM 94.9, The Answer. Welcome back to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. And now let's head back into the Healthcare Now studios with Dr. Mark and Larry. This is Dr. Mark. You found us back in the studios. Here I am with Larry Jones, and we're talking about blood pressure stuff. And, you know, I think I want to kind of bring it back to, okay, you're going in and seeing your physician, and, you know, maybe they've taken your blood pressure a few times. And that's usually when okay. you know it, like when the nurse comes out and she takes your blood pressure yeah. once, doesn't say anything. And then says, and then they come that, back 15 and, minutes and 15, later and yeah. take it again. And that's why yeah. they're, they're yeah. trying to get you to relax. Right. So the physician has, or the, the caregiver has a, a responsibility to figure out like is is this primary hypertension is okay. it just regular old hypertension or is it linked to something else okay and then they have to decide again we, i was t- talking about the heart like what's the mm-hmm. result of having high blood pressure like if you have high blood pressure and it's episodic it ha- happens occasionally okay. probably not a result it's this chronic day after day week after week year after year that you're overworking yeah. a system and and that's so you're where you're talking about. If you just get mad every now and then, your blood pressure goes out. Then it goes back down. Right. Then or, that's not yeah, a problem. Or, or you or you go out for a run. I, I got mean, you. Think yeah. about you know okay. you yeah. you know our heart is designed to do these things you know episodically. Mm-hmm. But if you're if you think about this, if you're sleeping and you're doing your seven eight hours at night, mm-hmm. and during that seven eight hours when your body is resting, your brain is resting, but your blood pressure's high, your heart's not resting. Right. And so that's an entire period of time where it's not it's not accustomed to the activity mm-hmm. that that you are you know any that type of physical sense. activity yep. but you're trying it, your heart's not being yep. able to to, yep. to rest i got it so we we believe the result of that is what i talked about in the heart the muscle in the heart this certain area called this mm-hmm. the septum which i don't like so we're, we're not trying to keep it yeah. trying to keep it very non-clinical yeah. yeah but right. but there's a there's a test that if your doctor's worried he, he can get this test okay and sometimes they get this test and they say, you know what? It looks fine. Mm-hmm. And your blood pressure mm-hmm. is 140, yeah. over, 140 over 90. Over 90, yep. But you know what? We're not going to give you medication. We're just going to check you again in six months. Okay. Okay. You, now, mentioned, you mentioned earlier echocardiogram. Mm-hmm. Explain what that test does, Dr. Mark. So an echocardiogram is an ultrasound of the heart. Okay. And it's kind of cool because so ultrasound – as there's a lot, a lot of fun science with the with ultrasound, and one of the things that it can do, it not only can it like measure 
the thickness of something. Mm-hmm. Um, it can also measure flow and, mm-hmm. and, and to some extent pressure. Okay. So it can look at all the valves in the heart and see okay. if there if there's any leaking in a valve. Or blockage. Um, blockage. Okay. And, you know, people talk about mitral valve prolapse. That's how you get that diagnosis. Okay. Okay. Um, you know, sometimes you can actually hear mitral valve prolapse, but but if it's more subtle, is that a clicking you can see of the valve? There is can that be a what click. Yeah, okay. Can, okay. And but you know, usually it's pretty significant if you can actually hear it. Okay. But that echo, I mean, the echo is probably. I'm telling you, it's one of the most interesting studies that we do. There's mm-hmm. no risk. There's no pain. Okay. There's no needles. It's just an ultrasound. Okay. Uh, and but they can get so much information. They get information about your heart function, like how how much ejection fraction is really a big deal. So okay. how much blood goes out. Now when explain the heart what that means to our listeners, Doctor Mark. So, ejection fraction. So we talked about systole, systolic. Okay. So th- in systole, the blood is ejected. In, into the into the pipes, right? Okay. So when the the heart is done contracting and squeezing, how much blood is still in that part of the heart in going into the relaxation phase? I got you. So so let's say if, if you fill up you fill up a uh, a water gun and you you squirt it out. Okay. Okay. So if it started out and you had two ounces of water, and after one squirt. You have one ounce of water, then your ejection fraction is half, 0.5, I got you. right? The pressure, basically. Yeah. Well, it's volume, yeah. actually. Volume. It's volume. Okay. So, okay. so you're so you're putting out, you're clearing out half of what's in there. So there's a there's a good ejection fraction. Like your ejection fraction would never be a hundred percent, because then you kind of develop, mm-hmm. a, for lack of better thoughts, like an airlock, right? You you mm-hmm. squeeze every drop of blood out of your ventricle. Okay. And then it would have to fill back up during diastole, that mm-hmm. diastolic, that lower number. And so you, so there's a, there's a good number and there's a bad number. It can be too high. It can be too low. So the ultrasound, you can actually see that. I mean, it's kind, it's kind of amazing. Um, it's, it's a very interesting study. And if you ever have one, you can look right mm-hmm. there at the screen with them and say, well, what is that? You know, and, and you can see yeah. all that stuff. Okay. So, so it is. It's a very helpful exam. Now, does everybody who has – their first time they get diagnosed with uh, their blood pressure being high. Now that doesn't mean you have hypertension, right? right. I, we're just like right. your blood pressure is a little high. Right. You're not necessarily going to go get an echo. Okay. Okay. All right. So that's going to be part of the workup. If yep. you have significantly high blood pressure, you're not just over that limit that gives you a definition. Then you need then, an echo. Then yeah. you're probably going to. Well, you're going to look for a couple things. You're going to look for is this primary, which just means right. you know, like right. what kind of hyper? You, you have yep. high blood pressure. Well, what's causing it? It's I. You know, it's family history. It's all just right, primary, right, right. or is it due to something else? Right. So if it's due to something else, then maybe it's something that we you got can another help adjust. Comorbidity you need to look well, at. Well, possibly, or yep. maybe it's a dietary thing that we can fix. Okay, fix your blood pressure. Okay. You don't need medication. So, okay. so some of the secondary thing or some of the secondary hypertension uh-huh. diagnoses right. come from sleep apnea. Yep. So that's a big one. That is a really big a one. A lot of people on sleep apnea meds. Or right. The uh, the the, the, uh, the CPAP. Yeah. CPAP. Yeah. Well, well, the thing about sleep apnea, it kind of goes back to what I said about hypertension. If your heart is working that hard while you're sleeping, yep. you're, you're, that, part, that system's not getting rest. Well, the right. same thing with sleep apnea is you're overstretching your cardiovascular system while you. you're supposed to be asleep and resting. Right. 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 So people with sleep apnea find out that if they do get a device that helps them at night, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, we're, we could jump on yep. a whole talk about sleep apnea, sure, but, sure. but it can be – life-changing yep. because they're actually getting yep. better sleep and they're 
their cardiovascular system is getting rest, right? right? So, so maybe that's what it is. And maybe you don't ha- know you mm-hmm. have sleep apnea until your hypertension shows up. But right, if you treat right. the sleep apnea, your hypertension might get better or go away. Okay. Another one is kidney disease. Yep. That's so, a big one. That's a big one. And it's, yep. and, and it makes good sense. And again, so we don't want to get too deep into the science, but right, some of right. the, some of the things in our body, in our system that control our blood pressure are made in the kidneys. Okay. So if the kidney thinks that it's not getting enough blood, it's going to release things that are going to raise your blood pressure. Okay. Now the kidney might be wrong. It may be getting enough blood, okay. but it's just behaving inappropriately. Right. The cool part about that is all of these meds that we take, I'd say a good two-thirds of them now are based on that system. And we've learned so much about that system and that cascade of controlling blood yeah. pressure right. that, that the meds are getting more specific. Mm-hmm. And if they're more specific, they have less side effects. I got right? you. It doesn't, yep. doesn't mess up other things. Well, you know, you mentioned uh, that in many regards, like my – instance, blood pressure, you have no symptoms. Right. Talk about some of the risk factors, Dr. Mark, that might let you know you may have high blood pressure. Well, I mean, these, these are really severe mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, the not, not the, the risk factors, but mm-hmm. if you actually have symptoms, I mean, you're, you're going to the emergency room because typically you're either having a heart problem or you're having a brain problem. Right. Okay. So, right. so when we talk about symptoms, it's not like well, what about arthritis? What are your symptoms of arthritis? You got joint pain, that kind of stuff. This is this is very different. So since we don't really want it to ever get to that symptom point, we do want to know what the risk factors are. Right, right. Because if you have the risk factor, then you know you need to go in and, and see your doctor. So right. so one of them is age. Just simple. Yeah. Right? As you get older, people are tend to get diagnosed with high blood pressure in their more senior years. Now, do they get it? Earlier than that, sure, absolutely. And you know what I find interesting about that is a little factoid here, Dr. Mm-hmm. Mark. More men under age 65 are diagnosed with blood pressure, and more women over age of 65 are diagnosed with high blood pressure. Right, and it's a little bit of a numbers game because it's more yep. common in men. Right. And and the, the other question becomes, you know, do, do men see their primary care doc more? Than women, true. So, but but that is true. That is a little kind yeah. of an interesting flip point. It is now one area that's really another big deal, and it has caused. I mean, it's caused. We, we talk about disparity in care, and yep. we talk about you know trust in the medical system. Yep. Well, this next Health next equity. one, this yep. next one has a lot of history. Okay, mm-hmm. and the history is that race is a is a big risk factor. If you're African American, you have a higher chance of having high blood pressure than a Caucasian. Interesting. Okay. And, and you also have a higher chance of having serious complications, which we said were symptoms, but like stroke, heart attack, kidney failure. And, and we recognize the African heritage. Yep. All with African heritage. Uh And so, so what happened was the medical system recognized this and a couple things occur. You know, the question became, were, were people getting treated fairly and being seen enough and mm-hmm. why didn't the medicine that they were using on Caucasians work as well on African-Americans? Right. And it turns out that there, there can be differences in the type of hypertension and how you're treated. But I've, I've had many a conversation with, with close friends about this, about how they, certainly their parents, had always felt – they always got the story that, well, those mm-hmm. doctors aren't giving us the good medicine. Mm-hmm. And it was – it was because a lot of the medication that is used in the in African Americans are are things mm-hmm. to decrease volume or diuretics. I got you. What do diuretics do? Yeah. They, they make you pee. Right. 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 So 
So there was suddenly a side effect. You got to get up at night yeah. and go to the bathroom. Diuretics reduce the fluid in your body. Yeah, exactly. They, okay. make, they yeah. trick your kidney into right. thinking you okay. got more fluid than you need, and right. so you get off. You get off water right. essentially, right? Right. right. So, so well, why are they giving the diuretics here, and they're giving some other calcium channel blocker or beta blocker to, to another group? Yep. Well. Well, it's because one costs more, one costs less. So there's a lot of these stories that get passed mm-hmm. on, and it's it's had a really serious effect upon access to health care because access doesn't even come if you don't try to go see mm-hmm. them. So if you don't trust that your physician's going to treat you fairly, yeah. you're not going to go in and, and check into it. Well, let me throw a couple more out on the risk factors. We obviously know family history, and you can talk about that, but overweight yep. or obese Dr. Mark, we've talked about this on the show. 70% of Americans are considered overweight. Right. So when you get a number that big, yeah. it's kind of hard to fetter out what the problems might actually right. be. Right. But but this can relate to issues with with being able to right. have uh, the ability for your body to rest again. Right. And we so, know overweight so, can affect a lot of different things. Right. You might have sleep apnea. Yeah. You know, yeah. so, I mean, not not everybody – that has sleep apnea is overweight. Not everybody that's overweight has sleep apnea, but mm-hmm. there's definitely a correlation and it's, it can be a big deal. And right. then add on to, you know, it's, it's a chicken or egg kind of conversation, right. but that may be your way to avoid medication. Yep. So if you are overweight and you have hypertension, one of the first things we're going to talk about is dietary restriction right. and, and exercise. Right. So there, and if you remember, Dr. Gymnatus talked about that at length when he was on here. We oh, asked sure. him, you know, what's going on with the insulin, uh, what was the metabolic insulin issues and all? Right. And he said it's weight, 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 and lifestyle. Well, I mean, it yep. all ties in because another yep. one here is not being physically active. Right. So, so you not being physically active increases your chance of being overweight, mm-hmm. which increases your chances of having sleep apnea, and mm-hmm. all these things link into hypertension in one right. way or another. Right. So, it's that's that's not a surprise. Yep. But but again, that's one of those we said that one of the treatments before medication are lifestyle changes. Right. And then next one, I mean, it's it goes without this saying using, using yeah using tobacco. tobacco. Pretty, pretty much, we can we can yeah. keep that on every list of yeah. everything. I was in I was in the, was in, uh, the store today buying gas. I walked in, and this older gentleman was sitting there buying six packs of cigarettes as I was checking out. Oh, and man. I thought, well, I'd love to have a conversation with you. Or just take his blood pressure. <laughs> That's it. You're listening to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. Our website is behindhealthcarenow.com. That's behindhealthcarenow.com. We'll be right back. You're listening to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. We're going to a break, and when we come back, we'll continue our discussion on all things healthcare with Dr. Mark and Larry. Integrated Independent Physicians Network, preserving and protecting the independent practice of medicine since 2015. Join the movement with us, ipnetworkflorida.com. Take the answer with you wherever you go. TheAnswerOrlando.com. Tune in, iHeart, and Odyssey.com. News, opinion, passion on the go. AM 950, FM 94.9. The Answer. Welcome back to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. And now let's head back into the Healthcare Now studios with Dr. Mark and Larry. You've got Dr. Mark here and Larry Jones, and we are still talking about blood pressure. I mean, we I think are. we're going to 
this is going to be like the blood pressure episode because there's so much it's so common so much to talk about so much to talk about yeah. and i mean i hopefully we're getting to a point where we've we've defined it yes uh and we're talking a little bit about risk factors and then we're going to wrap up with like you know what complications what, what do you do yeah. Yeah. you know yeah. And, yeah. and how do you address this right so we would we got off the uh, tobacco part and so what about some simpler things now and you hear this a lot too much sodium too much salt in your diet yeah. and i'm going to tell you we were talking about Do- dr jim Nottis, and mm-hmm. he doesn't worry about salt i you're right, he doesn't. But you know, I actually don't use salt anymore, other than what's in the food. Right, which is no, which but is a, I don't add is, salt yeah. to my French fries anymore. I mean, it's uh, yeah. Well, your French fries probably came with a good amount of salt anyway. But <laughs> that's probably true. That's right. But but I think that I, I think the story is it's going to be related to why you have blood pressure issues, and I'm I'm convinced mm-hmm. that you know if it's a family history thing. And and it's it's race related, right? Then sodium comes into play more right. than in I other other groups, right? So so pe- what 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 Doctor Gymnastics would say is, listen, if your kidneys work, you're okay with salt because one of the jobs that right. your kidneys have is clearing salt. Right. So you have excess salt, kidneys mm-hmm. work well. What did we say? One of the one of the secondary hypertension reasons was kidney problems. Exactly. So if you have kidney problems. You have blood pressure issues. You have some function issues, there. and yeah. then you do need to restrict your salt. Right. Okay. So, right. so that's that's another piece. Now, not but back, to, but back yeah. to the two key things we've talked about so far, Doctor Mark was weight and exercise. Right. Right. And that seems to be two key factors to if unless you have a lot of other issues with blood pressure, that that's a good way to maintain some. Well, I mean, pressure. I think it's it's kind of a cheat because okay, that that's always. That's going to be our go-to for for almost, any for lifestyle, any, any yeah. anything, right? Yeah. Right. And so, but we do absolutely see that if you get that under control, mm-hmm. a lot of people's blood pressure is going to come down, right? And right. since, unless they have primary hypertension, because you know, mom had it and dad had it. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's definitely going to be going to be that piece, right? But but if you increase your physical activity, decrease your weight. And you know, address all these risk factors. That, mm-hmm. that it uh, just goes to show you that that's probably probably going to going to make things. You're happen. in the right direction. Yep. Yep. Now, what about other things like you know? St- we always talk about stress, right? Oh and, yeah. And the idea that they're like, well, you need to calm down because your your uh, blood pressure is going to get too high. <laughs> well, that definitely has some piece. It does. Of, of yep. some, there's some fact yep. behind that, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it, it's it's more a, a total lifestyle. It kind is. of situation. Yep. And I think there are a lot of people out there that get frustrated because they're listening. Well, turn and, on the news. You want to hear stress? Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, there's it's absurd. There's definitely if you track somebody's blood pressure while they're stressing out, you know, it's, it's going to be elevated. Yep. And, the, and the question yep. becomes, how quickly does it get back to normal? And a piece of that is, to, you know, to be fair, you know, when you exercise vigorously, mm-hmm. your blood pressure goes up and, mm-hmm. and your heart rate goes up. The real measurement of your health is how quickly it comes back to normal. Okay, you know, so that's okay. kind of a yeah. kind of an imp- important thing yeah. that, that your recovery people. We haven't talked about alcohol yet, Doctor Mark. Our, uh, it's kind of early in the day, isn't it? <laughs> oh, you meant you meant as far as it goes with this. That's right. Well, they they definitely have seen uh, if people are drinking too much alcohol and the effects that it has on your body can also contribute to the chance of you having right. having high blood moderation pressure. is the key there. Right. So what what are all these risk factors? What do they mean? I mean, I think at the end of the day, if you've got the diagnosis and you're looking for a way to control this problem, because there is, you mm-hmm. know, this is the great American disease. You know why? 
Americans always want a pill. That's right. All right. And there are That's lots right. of pills for this. There but are. at the same time, there's a, there are ways that you can adjust your lifestyle that, that yep. are going to get you able to not take a pill and still have normal blood pressure. So that's yeah. really part. Now, if we don't do any of these things, what are the, we've, we've kind of talked yeah. a little bit about complications. Before and these, we get into complications, stuff. let me throw one more thing at you, Dr. Mark, because you are a pediatric surgeon as well. What about kids and high blood pressure? What so, do we know about that? So it exists. Okay. And, and it, they are more commonly going to have one of those secondary hypertension issues. Okay. All right. Essential hypertension isn't something that we typically see in children. Okay. So if some if a child shows up with high blood pressure, we start looking very seriously at other things. I see. And so so the more rare things that are out there. But having said that, we sort of felt the same way about about high cholesterol and you know the disease and mm-hmm. we've now gone I forget what the the age was where you like you didn't check your cholesterol till you're in your twenties or thirties. Right. Right. Well, I think that, it's 30. Yeah, yeah. So that's, yeah. they throw, they threw that by the yeah. wayside. They're, they're actually seeing, talking about not worrying about high blood pressure till you're age 40. Right. So, <laughs> so th- they actually look at blood pressure and they look at cholesterol in kids now mm-hmm. because they're so, so, uh, you know, maybe that's, maybe things are going to change a little bit about the okay. hypertension, but I don't, I don't think so. Is that common? High blood pressure in kids, no, not, Dr. Mark? Not at all. Very not rare. All. Yeah. I mean, okay. and a lot of times it's one of those, like I say, it's, it's a, uh, I don't, don't want to start fre- freaking out our, all our listeners, but it's right, a, it's right. a, it's a bigger issue. So it's I got that you. you really okay. don't, don't see. Okay. All right. So with, uh, the complications mm-hmm. and the complications are really because you're just beating up the plumbing, right? You're, right. you're just, you're just right. stressing out, you know, we can use a lot of little analogies here, but if, if you think about your arteries, being like a garden hose yep. and you, you know, you stretch out that garden Stretching hose it out, or yeah. you, you leave, you leave the, the, uh, the pressure on that garden hose all night, every night over and over, you're going to have an issue. And one of those issues can be how that, that, uh, the garden hose kind of cracks on the outside yep. and then it yep. gets a big bulge. That's an aneurysm. Hardening of the arteries, right? Well, that's different. Yep. No, no, that's, okay. that, so that's an aneurysm. That's, that's where an aneurysm, you get yeah. this weakening yeah. of the wall of the, of the blood vessel. And mm-hmm. if that, that happens in your brain, that's it's over. That's a problem, yep. right? Um, your heart attack and stroke are the most common things. Okay. So high, high blood pressure does cause hardening of the arteries and, and thickening of the arteries. So it's it's constantly yep. working that muscle. It's it's a different okay. kind of muscle. It's smooth muscle. And while you're talking about that, Doctor Mark, I know our listeners are thinking, what is the Widowmaker lesion? Well, that's different. That's totally different. So totally, that's a, a heart total, issue. Yeah, it's not, not that, really a that's, blood that's, pressure that's, issue. That's correct. That's okay. Not a blood okay. So okay. that that's that is that is cholesterol buildup okay. or okay. inflammation. Okay. And the reason they call it a widowmaker is where it occurs because you've got three coronary arteries, uh-huh. and in in this particular artery, it feeds such a large percentage yeah. of the heart. So yeah, that, that's going to be you. that's that's a whole other show. Yeah. I've actually show. lost two friends in their forties. Yeah, as a result of that, Doctor Mark. Well, you know, it, it's it's like all the all the things in medicine. When we come up with a really snazzy name for it, mm-hmm. everybody gets it. Yeah. Right. And the reality is, we we have a lot of those words and and comments that we mm-hmm. use, and once they 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 get overused, and okay. that's one that does get overused that's one that because does get overused. yeah, it does get overused because okay. it's a yeah. specific thing. Right. But then again, anytime someone dies from a heart attack. They died from Especially a heart attack. Especially if they're young. Right? And, uh, and, and, well, no, yeah. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, yeah. period. Period. So, yeah. so you could, so everybody sort of, if you, if 10 people said they had Widowmaker friends, they're probably right yeah. twice. You know? Yeah. So they, they, we definitely, we definitely kind of make a mistake in medicine by, okay. by, by okay. using, using okay. things too much. Okay. 
Um, heart failure itself. Mm-hmm. We talked about the heart yeah. just not being able to rest. So one reaction is you might get some thickening of the muscle. And the other one is that you just get that ejection fraction goes right. down and right. goes down and you, you have heart failure. Okay. Um, so it's, it's the, the chronic year after year issue with blood pressure blood being pressure. out of control kind of lead to all these things. Yeah. Um, you might uh, damage your kidneys because same right, kind of reason right. that you hurt the arteries in, in your uh, yep. in your heart. You yep. do the same thing with kidneys. Okay. And the crazy thing about the kidneys, as we talked about earlier, is they're they're in control of blood pressure. Mm-hmm. And so if you've got issues, you're creating issues with high blood pressure, and your kidneys make it worse by thinking your blood pressure is not high enough. Mm-hmm. So so that kind of kind of work work on itself. And you know, we talked about metabolic syndrome. We had a whole discussion yeah. about metabolic syndrome. Well, we've been talked about that at length with Dr. Jim Nottis. Right. Yeah. And and high blood pressure is definitely part and parcel in in yep. what that syndrome is all yep. about. And you know, we it's all about dietary and lifestyle changes. And you know, if if you've got high blood pressure and it's chronic, this is I know this is a complication of mm-hmm. many things, but high blood pressure is a part of that deal. Okay. You know, but when we get to the next one, let me let me throw something because I think our listeners might be thinking about it. when you stand up real fast and you get a little dizzy, Dr. Mark, what's that mean? Um, that means you stood up too fast, <laughs> <laughs> basically. Well, you know, actually, that's one of the side effects. Well, for, first of uh-huh. all, say you're on no medications. Right. And that happens. Okay. So it could be just as simple as that, that you're a little yep. dehydrated okay. and you stood up too fast. Okay. You may also have a propensity for that to happen because when we stand up, mm-hmm. those blood vessels in that plumbing system are supposed to squeeze. Okay. So, and this is okay. more the veins than right. the arteries. Right, right, And if you have pooling of the blood, like in your mm-hmm. legs, okay. because your veins, the, the, we're, we're diving deep again, but the, your veins have valves. Sure, sure. And if, but these if are you, some of the common things people think about. Right, know. right. And, I've stood up off the couch when I've been laying there watching TV, and all of a sudden, whoa, a little dizzy yeah, here for yeah, a second. So, so it know. turns out, so that's not your blood pressure, but mm-hmm. if you're on a blood pressure medication, a very, very common side effect, I would say probably the most common di- side effect is that okay? Okay, is okay. Is, is dizziness when you yep. stand up too quickly? Exactly. And you know what? People do not like that. Oh no! And they stop taking their meds. Yep. You know. So yep. and so some of the medications yep. are are less concerning well, for that. So and, and would this be the case if I stood up like I might think? Well, gosh, my blood pressure is too low. Yeah, Jan, it just doesn't really work that way. Yeah, it doesn't work yeah, that. Yeah, but I mean, isn't that what yeah, someone yeah. would think? Sure, sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, and and at that moment, it is. Okay. I mean, at that okay. moment, it is low, yeah. and so it's just the question is: is is that a reaction to the medication? Because right. you know, right after yep. you take a medicine, some of the medications are once a day, some are twice a day, okay. and if you're taking a medication that's going to last the full day, it's going to probably have its greatest effect in the front half, right? Okay. So, okay. so after you take take it orally and it gets absorbed into the bloodstream, yep. it starts working as that level of that medication is in mm-hmm. your blood at, at its highest level, it's going to have the most effect. So mm-hmm. you may find that when you take it, if you take your blood pressure, you were talking about taking it in right. the morning, right. that that right after you had coffee and breakfast and stand up mm-hmm. to go to the car, you may have some dizziness, oh. you know? So, and it's not, it's not okay. It's something you want to talk well, to your physician about. Is there a preferred time of day you should take your blood, your blood pressure it, meds? I think it depends on the individual okay. and, and what okay. they're, because some of the medications you, you take, without certain foods and so right, you take with right. food so it's right. it's really there's not a, a perfect way and again yeah. we're getting way into and and i get the, and we the don't disclaimer wanna, of not being exactly. a cardiologist so. but you know thinking about 
the reason I take it in the morning, Dr. Mark, is I know I'm going to be very busy, very hectic, probably till three or four in the afternoon. Right. And then hopefully it offsets some of that. Yeah. Well, does that make sense or? Uh, I, I, I get the logic, but yeah, but okay. I would probably argue, uh, and I, I wish Dr. Gymnotist was uh, yeah, here. Maybe he'll call him back. <laughs> so I, I would argue that during the day, our body is more likely to expect and be used to those activities and fluctuations in blood okay. pressure. Okay. But when we sleep, it doesn't have to face that. Mm-hmm. So that's when it may be the most effective. However. Okay. If you're having really high blood pressure, if the, if the numbers are shooting way up mm-hmm. and you do something to sort of raise your baseline, mm-hmm. I can see that being the logic that you're talking about. Yep. But, I, but I'm not going to commit yep. to that being the real answer. Okay. And by not committing, I'm going to end the show. Well, and not only that, <laughs> we're going to put some of these notes on our website, Dr. Mark, so people can look at it. All right. Well, I will be back next week. Great conversation, and Dr. My Mark. my blood pressure is going to be perfect. <laughs> See you next week. Thank you for joining us today on Healthcare Now. To find the answers you are looking for or have a question, you can reach Larry and Dr. Mark by emailing your questions and comments to follow us at healthcarenow.us. And we'll continue our discussion same time next week on navigating our complex healthcare system on Healthcare Now. On Healthcare Now. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flynn with in-depth interviews archival footage and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines i just felt like i was drowning flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost available now watch it today go to salemnow.com salemnow.com